0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Davis steps under center.
0: Gibson and McClendon behind him. Davis with motion by Richard will get the ball to
1: McClendon. He didn't. Oh,
0: he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football.
1: Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle, intercepted Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way at the 30, the 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick, the heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' right.
0: Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has
1: it. Touchdown. Carolina wins.
0: spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won
1: the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Connor Burke. Good gosh, Dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome in to this edition of the Heel Tough Vlog Podcast. It's Anthony Pagnata with you guys, as always, and today we welcome in a special guest, freelance Tor Heel writer. John Bauman to the program and uh, John how you been doing man I know uh, it's definitely an exciting season for Carolina this is uh, you know one of the first times in a while that Carolina is going to play a game on the football side of things that is going to mean not only a lot for them but a lot for uh, really everybody around the country they play Notre Dame this weekend so I'm assuming you're uh, extremely excited uh, to see Carolina in general but especially to see one player in particular.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the show today. This is a humongous week for the North Carolina football program. It's rare that you have the number two ranked team, Notre Dame, coming into the uh, Keenan Stadium. And North Carolina is ranked as well, so you have a ranked matchup in, in Keenan Stadium in Chapel Hill. There's a lot of buzz around the program about this game. It's also a big week for uh, their, the North Carolina offense. This is an offense that's ranked. Uh, as high as number three in some of the advanced metrics, so they're going to get a huge opportunity to showcase themselves against a very good defense. That means an opportunity for Sam Howell to show off some of his passing ability with UNT's excellent skill position players, and especially Devonte Williams, who I'm here tonight to advocate for. Uh, Devonte has an opportunity to make a statement against a great Notre Dame defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I've seen some uh, some rabid supporters here of people in the last couple of months, but that's usually been political candidates. You, on the other hand are uh, headmanning the Javante Williams Heisman train. And uh, we jumped on a couple weeks ago. We actually had, you know, a discussion here on the podcast. I wrote an article sort of outlining, you know, some of the reasons why there is a legitimate case for him to be in the Heisman race. I mean, you know, we were talking about it even just a little bit before we started recording here. But, you know, you look at the numbers and, and this is a much more legitimate case than probably a lot of people realize with some of the statistics. That he's putting up, I think you know, you a lot of the quarterbacks are, are the ones that are getting the headlines. But Javante Williams has really put up some spectacular numbers so far this year.
0: Yeah, that's the crux of the Javante Williams Heisman case. No matter whether you're looking at the eye test or the advanced metrics or just some of the pure counting stats, Javante's case is rock solid. First of all, when you start with the eye test with Javante. Any North Carolina fan will know this, but maybe for some listeners who don't watch every game or you know, don't watch every single highlight reel, Javante, every single time he runs, he seems to knock someone over or break at least one tackle. So he's really just a remarkable football player to watch in that respect. He uh, had an amazing pancake block the last game against Wick Forest, so it's not just as a runner, he is a walking highlight reel when he's on the field. Then when you transition into some of the advanced stats, there's uh, you know advanced metrics put out by companies like Pro Football Focus. They do their you know exclusive grades, and he grades out very well. Uh, when you bring in sort of the advanced metrics and the, and some of those types of things, he ranks also number one in the country as of today in first downs and touchdowns, which shows that he's a powerful running back but he's also explosive because he's able to explode in open field run past tacklers. So, yeah, I am all in on the Javante Williams for Heisman uh, case. As you might know from uh, watching my Twitter feed, it might be the only thing that I tweet about uh, some days, but it's because, you know, we really think that he is a great candidate for Heisman. It's also, you know, it's also a reflection of UNC's offense. UNC has a historically good offense this season. Mm -hmm. We've seen that in some of the records that Sam Howell has been putting up. So, Javante is a reflection of that offense. He has a great offensive line to work with, great skilled position players around him. So, Javante is able to take advantage and put up massive yards and numbers.
1: Yeah, not only is he doing it on the ground too. I mean, he's also been a really big receiving threat for him. He's had a couple of very big touchdowns for Carolina both in the Boston College and Virginia Tech game receiving. So uh, I think that's the thing that uh, you know a lot of people are going to look at when they look at some of these guys that are non quarterbacks is can they do it? You know, in multiple areas of the game, and it feels like Javante Williams has kind of checked a lot of those boxes. You know, the other thing that's so intriguing about Javante is the fact that he is you know sort of a different style runner than some of the guys that we've seen here in the past couple of years. You know, he's not a guy that has the the most speed in the world. Those are the ones that have seemed to really excite people here, especially since Oregon uh, came through back in the early 2010 era, and that was the thing that became very popular. But, you know, he's an extremely powerful guy. I mean, broke 17 tackles in the game against NC State. I feel like, you know, maybe with some of the older people that vote for the Heisman, they might look at him and and see some of his, you know, throwback running styles, you know, runs that he's had so far this year, and maybe that could pay off for him. I mean, do you think that that could be a factor for him as we get later and later into the season and closer to the the Heisman vote?
0: Absolutely, yeah. You look at some of the Heisman watch lists that are out right now, there are a lot of quarterbacks on that list. I think that's just sort of a reflection. Of how college football at large, and especially how the Heisman is going, is becoming sort of a passing award. Uh, quarterbacks have won a number of the last Heismans. But Javante is sort of a little bit of a, a zag to that. He's a little bit different uh, than that in many ways. He's an old school runner who's very powerful, not afraid to run between the tackles, knock someone over. Um, so I think that he is a little bit of a counter there, and I think that as more voters get to know Javante, because the honest reality. Not a lot of people around the country know who Javante is. As more voters get to watch him, get to see him, I think they'll really start to fall in love with him just as the UNC Campus yes. has.
1: Yeah, he's got a chance to prove himself this week against Notre Dame and against Miami. The other big question I think that a lot of people have to ask, and you know, again, it's something that's very highly debated and, and rightfully so, is the fact that it seems like you're, you're where your team is in the country. If you're in the uh, if you're in the college football playoff race, you're going to have a much better chance to win the Heisman Trophy. If you're a team like Carolina that probably won't be in the college football playoff race unless a lot of things break their way. Way, that seems to be something that hurts you. I, I think that's one of the big things that's going to factor in here, unfortunately. But I mean, if, if you were just looking at you know him on paper compared to some of the other guys around the country, I think that his case is definitely stacks up there with some of the better ones, uh, you know, including Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, guys like that. So far this season, just purely based on stats.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think that's a little bit of my frustration. Sometimes mm-hmm. the Heisman. Uh, sort of watch lists, sort of get preset in, this, in the beginning of the season. Someone like Travis Etienne, who no doubt is an excellent running back, he'll be a great NFL player. Nothing against him, but he sort of was penciled in at the beginning of the season based off what he did in uh, earlier years. And he sort of remained on the list the entire time. Whereas it's much harder for someone to come as an unknown, basically what Javante was in doing this season, and rise up those ranks. And speaking of unknown, I wanted to make sure I bring this up as well. You know, Javante is UNC's backup running back. He's splitting carries with Michael Carter. Yep. Uh, the Javante for Heisman movement is nothing against Michael Carter. He's also a great running back. He's also great in the open field. Um, but Javante is just a special player. So if Javante was getting you know, a larger share of UNC's carries, um, I think his counting numbers would look even better. UNC has a great system with Michael Carter and Javante Williams. They split carries. They always stick fresh. Mm-hmm. They're great teammates for one another. I think Michael Carter would be the happiest person in the world if Javante won the Heisman. So it's not a competition in any way. But it's just something to consider as well. As you build Javante's case, you have to keep in mind that he's doing all this, putting up all these numbers while he's literally the backup running back behind Michael Carter. So it's just, you know, adds to his story and his amazing rise uh, from a under heralded
1: recruit to now
0: one of the best running backs in the country
1: so we have to know the ultimate question is are you the guy behind the vote javante third account on social media is that you or are you just advocating through your account
0: i uh can confirm this evening that i have an association with the vote javante third uh twitter account i uh can't take full responsibility for it. There's a little bit of a team of, of secret insiders behind it, but uh, we're all working together uh, to you know, push Javante's case forward and you know let some of the you know, national writers know who might otherwise not know Javante's name. Let him know. Let them know some of the stats around Javante, and you know hopefully make the case. I think Javante's going to have the opportunity to make the case for himself so as well. UNC has three games remaining left this season against Notre Dame. That's going to be a national audience. And then Miami. Miami's a ranked team. They're very good. That game is another one that's going to be on a national scale. So if UNC and Javante Williams especially play well in those two games, if UNC somehow can go 3-0 and to end the season, beating Notre Dame, beating Miami, I think that the Javante for Heisman talk Will really ratchet up at a more uh, national scale. So, you know, Javante has a huge opportunity here at the end of the season. The schedule sets up well. You know, he can just keep running the ball exactly like he has, and uh, more and more people will start to take notice.
1: I wouldn't sleep on that Western Carolina game either, just because he could put up some ridiculous numbers. Uh, if he can get, if the Carolina can get inside the red zone enough, they can get him enough carries down there. I mean, he could probably find the end zone four, five, maybe even six times, something like that, put up some really great numbers as well and really be able to group those three games together uh, and have a fantastic performance. We'll have to just wait and see. Unfortunately, uh, you know, that's how it works with these. A lot of the hype around the country is falling with guys. Uh, Like you mentioned, you know, Najee Harris is a guy that's probably the most recognizable amongst the running backs just because he plays for Alabama. He's number two in total touchdowns. Um, Outside of that, it's a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, Zach Wilson's a guy that's gotten a lot of runs. From BYU, um, you've also seen, you know, guys like Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, were having really good years in the SEC as well. Those are the types of guys that Javante has to compete with. But boy, wouldn't it be fantastic if Javante Williams is able to jump up into uh, that group there of Carolina guys to receive Heisman votes? The last guy, of course, to receive. Heisman votes for Carolina. Finish inside the top 10 was Julius Peppers. And if Javante was to finish inside the top 10, he would be the first offensive player since Mike Boyd to finish inside the top 10 in Heisman voting for Carolina. So a long, long time coming. We'll have to wait and see, though, if he can jump up in there. Uh, as for, you know, Carolina in general, John, before we let you go, just ask you a cute few general questions about them. You know. You look at you talked about that schedule at the end of the year. Uh, it, it ends up working out pretty well for Carolina. You get the break in between Notre Dame and Miami, which probably ends up helping this team a little bit. You've got some guys coming back that uh, will allow you to be a little bit healthier on the defensive side of the ball, an area that you've kind of struggled with. You know, when you look at those games against my, uh, against uh, Miami and Notre Dame this weekend, uh, you know, what do you think about Carolina's chances to go 2-0 in that stretch? I don't think it's impossible. It's more possible than it's been probably in past years, but still a very, very tough road for the Tar Heels to finish the season. Yeah, absolutely. I
0: think North Carolina has – an extremely good offense. This is an offense that can score points literally on every drive. When you have an offense that good, you're going to have a chance, no matter how good the opponent is. It will ultimately, I think, come down to defense and especially special teams uh, in these games against Notre Dame and I Special teams has got North Carolina uh, in some of the earlier games this season, but they've played better in recent weeks. So, if they clean up the special teams and then on the defensive side of the ball getters back you alluded to it earlier getting players like kyler mcmichael storm duck i think that will help tremendously uh, against Notre Dame and especially against Miami as they slowly start to ramp back up my expectations are pretty low for kyler mcmichael and storm duck against Notre Dame because they all recovering from injury mm-hmm. but if they get that week to recover against Western Carolina and then of course against Miami in the last week of the season they should be uh, back to almost full strength um, I think that the expectation for North Carolina, is should, they should go one-and-one. Uh, one. They should be able to beat either Notre Dame or Miami. Um, but there's no reason why they can't go to another this offense is that good. And if the defense, you know, if the defense just makes a couple plays, a couple turnovers, you know, big chess, at sack, at the right time, this uh, offense has the ability to carry them to a high-scoring win, but definitely a win. So it's going to be an exciting uh, end to the season. I was trying it for sure.
1: Yeah, and for Jay Bateman, uh, you know, you look at where he stands, I think, in most of uh, the Carolina fans' minds at this point, you know, there is a question as to whether or not he is going to be the long-term solution here. Where do you stand on his job security as he gets to this point in the season? Because I feel like maybe people are going a little bit too far because of the injuries that he's had and because, you know, the offseason that Carolina is coming off of where he didn't really have a chance to grow, but I feel like there are some frustrations beginning to grow here especially with what we've seen here in you know some of those games earlier this season against Virginia Tech, uh, Florida State, uh, Virginia as well, and then especially this past week uh, against Wake Forest, even though Carolina was able to pull out the victory.
0: Yeah, I think Jay Bateman was dealt a tough hand when he first started in Chapel Hill. This was a thin defense, uh, especially last season when there were injuries to key positions. UNC really didn't have a lot of depth uh, behind that. the depth is coming the cavalry is coming as the fan base likes to say when you look at the 2020 class of recruits and then especially next year's class of recruits uh, there's a lot of talented uh defensive football players coming along uh into the into the team uh structure and setting there so i think uh jay bateman should get the opportunity to continue to develop those young stars Um, there's a lot of talent on the team right now and they're getting better every single week someone like, you know, Desmond Evans, a young defensive end, or Miles Murphy on the defensive line. Even someone like Tony Grimes, who's literally a high school senior, be playing high school football right now. He's getting a lot of past uh, snaps. So I think Jay Bateman should have the opportunity to continue to nurture those players. Um this is a, a defense that the sky is ultimately gonna be the limit when you get some of those more talented guys coming through. So it has been a rough season defense at times. It's like they haven't been able to stop anybody. But I think Jay Bateman, ultimately with time, will be able to continue to develop that depth and ultimately build a really good defense here in
1: Chapel Hill. Last question I'll ask you before we let you go. You know, we were talking a little bit about this, uh, you know, earlier this morning, me and my normal co-host, uh, Josh Marlowe. You know, when you look at Sam Howell, it feels like the end of this year and into next year is your chance to really cement a an unbelievable legacy. This young man is probably going to go down as one of the best to ever throw the football at Carolina. And I don't think that it's going to be something where you're going to just find the next guy and he's going to be even better. This is going to be a really tough guy to sort of outshine when it comes to some of the other guys that are going to roll through in the next few years. Are you, whenever you're watching Sam Howell, are you kind of thinking to yourself the same thing? Like, we're witnessing one of the best that will ever come through this program and just hoping that this team can take advantage of that here over the next couple of years?
0: Oh, absolutely. 100%. And uh, the Javante for Heisman Movement will very quickly be the Sam Howell for Heisman Movement next season. I think that he's going to have a really strong chance be a legitimate preseason contender and throughout the season for Heisman history. Um, but to your larger point as well, I think that is very much true. This is a tremendous opportunity when you have a quarterback as talented as Sam Howell. And I think that's part of what makes the losses this year so frustrating because you have an offense that is so talented and then you end up losing a game to Florida State by three points or however many points it was, close games and against Florida State, close games against Virginia. You know, that makes it a very tough pill to swallow those losses because you know you have such a great offense, a historically great offense. Those don't come around often, like you said. But the good news is that UNC has mostly taken care of business throughout the season. They're at 6-2. and two. They're not exactly where they'd want to be, um, but they're still in a good position to make some noise at the end of the season. And then they can really build into uh the next upcoming season 2021 um hopefully the coronavirus will be all past us so they'll be able to just focus on football that's been a major story this season you know navigating the pandemic and then you know into that season as you get those young defensive studs that we talked about you know then you can really capitalize on that uh last junior season for Hal before he takes off and makes a lot of money in the nfl
1: Yeah, well, we're looking forward to that Sam Howell for Heisman train that we'll be getting on extremely early next year. But right now we are locked in. We are not switching the tracks just yet. We're locked in on that. Javante Williams Heisman train. Uh, thanks for punching our ticket, man. We are extremely excited to be a part of the group now, and we are going to push for it. He has had a sensational year. His story is awesome. Uh, there's just so many different things that make Javante Williams a great Heisman candidate. We love the stuff that you've been putting out on social media, man. You're always one of the great follows, no matter what time of year it is, for Tar Heel Sports, but especially this season on the Javante Williams front. You've been pushing out all sorts of different stats, really pumping this guy up. Um, So hopefully, you know, uh, you'll you'll end up uh, having enough of a uh, a push to be able to get him some Heisman votes. You never really know. Um, Hopefully he can jump out uh, onto the scene the next couple of weeks, though, and uh, ultimately get that push uh, over the top for us. So uh, thanks for stopping by with us, John. Take care, buddy, and uh, we look forward to talking to you sometime down the line. All right, man? Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So that was freelance writer John Bauman, uh, also freelance podcaster John Bauman for the Tar Heels. He's been covering the Tar Heels for years through multiple different outlets and uh, also told me a little bit earlier that he does have something on the horizon to keep an eye out for in terms of him. And Carolina athletics, so make sure that you guys keep an eye out for that. Really, thank him for stopping by uh, and talking about the Javante Williams uh, Heisman case. You know, we think you know. You look at it; the numbers are there. Pro Football Focus is a you know thing that a lot of people you know you either love it or you hate it. But uh, he ranks as the best running back in college football right now for a reason. Uh, this guy is sailing up a lot of draft boards and yeah it's amazing. This is a guy that went from being a lowly rated three-star a guy that at one point Carolina didn't know if they would even have room on the roster for him to now a guy that is one of the best in college football. He's a name that a lot of people are starting to pick up on, especially a lot of the draft people which is something that you know can sort of extend to the rest of the media as the season goes along. And he's got his chance. We talked about it with John. Notre Dame, Miami, his big chances. Again, he doesn't have to go off like he did in the games against Duke. That would really, really help his case. But if he could come out, run for about 150-yard average in both of those games, maybe score about two or three touchdowns in each of those games, you would think he's definitely got a really good shot to get some Heisman votes. And, boy, wouldn't that be exciting. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. Again, make sure you guys head over to the website, Tough Blog. Dot com. That's where you can check out all the great stuff we have you covered on the Notre Dame front. We've got the preview going up. Uh, that might actually be up by the time that this is up. Not entirely sure. Again, we just have to see with work and everything like that. Um, you know, it just we don't know exactly when things can go up. Uh, this is also a confusing week, so we're going to try to get some stuff up a little earlier than we normally do. But if it's not up on the website, then uh, keep your eye out. It'll be up on the Facebook page and the website shortly after this podcast edition is finished, uh, as well as some of the uh, other stuff that we have on the website. Um, after, of course, you know, the Notre Dame game, uh, when you check out the recap, the stock report, the trench report, uh, you can go on there, check out some of the recruiting stuff that we got going. Uh, the 2022 class, is still searching for their first commit in that 2022 class. We give you a look at some of the names to keep an eye on. Interestingly enough, it is not the state of North Carolina where it seems most likely that Carolina will pluck their first commit. From It looks like it will be either one of two guys from the state of Virginia, but there are a couple other guys that Carolina is very closely tied to, and they might have a chance to get them to commit before one of the guys from the Virginia Beach area, so we put five guys on the list there. Go in, check those out. Those are the guys that we think could end up being the first guys to commit to this class Uh, We we just, again, don't have uh, any great insider information. We know a decent amount about these guys, but we're not saying that any of these guys are going to pop. Those are just our predictions for the guys that could pop we're also going to do a podcast here uh probably sometime later on next week this week is a little bit packed with everything that's going on Carolina football wise the start of Carolina basketball season so probably sometime next week we'll jump in there have a recruiting podcast where we'll answer some of the questions about recruiting um also talk about that 2022 class a little bit with Zach Hubbard so make sure you guys are keeping an eye out for that Best way to do that, go to the Facebook page. Like and follow the Facebook page. That will alert you whenever we are premiering a video. Again, this is in video format, but you can't see us. Most of the podcasts that we do uh, for games, some of the ones we'll do during the offseason as well, will be in full video form. This one you can just watch the waveform. Also, you can listen to it on Spreaker. Uh, I, you know, that's the main site that we post to, but we also have it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all those different spots. You guys can check it out there. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast again. We tell you this every time, but we just want to reiterate it. The rating and reviewing helps us move up some of those rankings so that the Toriel fans that haven't tracked the podcast down just yet can track it down and listen in and, and then of course the subscribing is for you so when you subscribe to it everything goes directly into your podcast feed so whenever a new episode pops up it'll be downloaded right in there for you you can just wherever you're at wherever you want to listen to the heel tough Raw podcast just turn it on it will be right in your podcast library and you can learn from there so once again I want to thank john bauman for stopping by with us I want to thank you guys for watching and listening and as always go tore heels